The world's an imperfect place, but that's actually a lot easier to say than it is to understand why is our world an imperfect place. Hey, I'm Pastor Isaac, and welcome to the Youth Ministry Podcast. Welcome back to our mini-series on questions that a Christian worldview is designed to address. So far, we've asked a number of questions. The first one being, what is our nature? Who are we? Why are we? And what's the deal? Secondly, we asked, what is our world? What's the world that we live in? Who are we responsible to? Who are we accountable to? And today, we're going to be asking the question, what is our problem? This is something that every worldview is designed to answer because the fact that everything doesn't just seem like it's okay is evident across the board. And so worldviews of all shapes and sizes look to answer the question, what is the problem we actually have as human beings and how do we solve it? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Again, I'm Pastor Isaac. Let's jump in. Very few people, if anybody, down throughout time has ever truly believed that the world we live in is without a problem that needs resolved. This is why one of the questions that worldview looks to answer is what is our problem? Because naturally around us, we experience difficulty, we experience pain, we experience frustration, um, we experience all of these things that we wish we didn't have to. And that's a very natural part of life. It's actually kind of like a base assumption. And one of the ways that this is exemplified the most is with our experience regarding evil or pain. And I think that this question can also be looked at through the lens of, okay, well, there's clearly evil in the world because I experience difficulty and I experience pain. One of the most famous Christian uh, authors of all time named C.S. Lewis wrote a whole book on this called The Problem of Pain. And he has this really beautiful little sentence to to summarize this idea of, of what is our problem and what do we experience in this life. He says that if God were good, he would make his creatures perfectly happy. And if he were almighty, he would be able to do what he wished, but his creatures are not happy. Therefore, God either lacks goodness or power or both. This is the problem of pain. And so Christians down throughout time have spent a lot of time trying to engage their minds and think through, okay, there is pain in this world. And God, you said that you are all powerful and all good and you want our best. So why is it that we experience this type of pain? Why is it that we have problems? You know, if, if, Christianity is true, or God, if you really loved us, why didn't you make the world in such a way that we didn't have to go through difficult times? And this common human experience has been answered by various religions throughout time, not just by um, what used to be Judaism or now Christianity. Um, It's been addressed essentially by every single religion, this idea of appeasing a higher power to escape from the the natural world that we live in, the difficulty and the the pain that we go through. And that pain, again, exemplifies that everybody believes that there's some sort of problem in this world, that we are not who we should be, that we need to progress and grow and evolve, if you will, to be a people that don't have to go through this type of this type of difficulty. And so from a Christian worldview, 
what we would say is that our problem ultimately resulted from our abandoning our relationship with God and stepping out into sin. And that sin in this world has plagued God's original intention. And sin in our own personal lives has stunted God's ability to do within us all that he wants to do within us. And so he had to step in and provide a solution through Jesus Christ and through his death on the cross. And so that's that's the the baseline belief of what a Christian worldview would have. However, there's actually quite a bit of conflict in this world regarding what our problem actually is and how we go about solving this. And so the very idea of saying that some type of religious concept like sin could be this underlying base foundation that all of this difficulty and problems and degradation in our world and, and suffering in our world, um, that's actually offensive to a whole lot of people. So the natural reaction of people who are offended by things like this or who just see some massive problem is to attack. And so I want to introduce you to a clip uh, by a man named Sam Harris, who is a pretty avid proponent of naturalism or atheism and has been pretty famous for his attacking of religion. And I want you just to listen here about how he dialogues about morality and particularly Christianity and how he supposedly attempts to um, break down Christian beliefs. And so here, listen in on this for just a moment. Slavery. I mean, slavery is clearly endorsed in the Bible. It's endorsed in the Old Testament. It's endorsed in the New Testament. We all agree that slavery is wrong. We, we conquered that ground morally through some very hard-fought conversations and also wars. Um, religion was a very little help in that. I mean, it, there were, it's, it's true that abolitionists were cherry-picking scripture, trying to find ways to, to justify their project. But their project wasn't coming from scripture because scripture is clear. It supports slavery. There was, there's, the evil of slavery is not recognized in the Bible, and it is, it is certainly not repudiated in the Bible. Um, and so the, the, the slaveholders of the South were on the winning side of that theological argument, and, and it, it, religion was an impediment to making that, that moral progress. Um, again, the fact, even if it were not an impediment, even if it were extremely useful, that would not be a reason to believe that any of our books were dictated by an omniscient being. There's a lot to unpack in what Sam Harris just said, but listen again very briefly to his final statement. Again, the fact, even if it were not an impediment, even if it were extremely useful, that would not be a reason to believe that any of our books were dictated by an omniscient being. Proverbs 18:17 says that the first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. And certainly this is the case with what Sam Harris presented, where he says that People that were against slavery cherry-picked portions of Scripture in order to say that it was wrong, and they actually had an uphill battle. And what his greater purpose was, was eliminating finding the root of morality and the root of our problem in any form of religion, but particularly within Christianity. What's interesting is he says at the end, and the reason I had you listen to that small clip a second time, that even if you could show conclusively that 
scripture is against whatever slavery was, then it still wouldn't make a difference because scripture is still not a good foundation for morality. Neither is any other religious text. And so what's interesting about that is that he spends a significant amount of time using scripture to say, supposedly, we're wrong in our interpretation, and then says, if you have another explanation, it doesn't matter anyways. And so this is the type of, um, honestly, the type of interactions that you can have with people when when you're talking about what is our problem, what is the difficulty that we experience in this world, and why do we experience it? You know, the Word of God says it's because of sin. It's because of our exposure to sin and our, and our indulgence in going against the character and the nature of God and what He says to do. And that, as being a foundation for our problem, um, people will scoff at that because there is this built-in pride within us that doesn't want to embrace any type of ownership for what our problems are. And the bottom line is that there are going to be a lot of things in this life that aren't a result of some type of consequence to a decision that we've made. Those are called circumstances. It's very different. What's going on in the world right now with this social separation because of the coronavirus is not per se a consequence of a decision that you have made or that I have made, but rather it's a circumstance that we find ourselves in. Um, However, that being said, God really does choose to use circumstances and consequences actually to bring about really wonderful things. A friend of his, while he was here on earth named Peter, would say that God God purifies us in the same way that we purify gold. We have to melt it down to rip out the impurities from it. And Jesus's half-brother James would say that we should consider it joy when we come across various trials because in that um, a, a long term, it produces a character within us that is honoring to God and that allows God to do everything that he wants to in our lives. And so this, this still begs the question here, what do we do with this? Thankfully, we have an answer to our sin. And the answer is what Jesus did for us. What's so wonderful is that Jesus says in the book of Matthew chapter 11, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi would would take that even further and say that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will actually guard your heart and will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. And so we know that our problem is sin. And this has not been an exhaustive talk on this topic. Even looking at what Sam Harris had said, we didn't answer all the questions about really digging in and unpacking everything that he talked about. But what we know is that Jesus has provided us an answer for our problem. And that problem is sin. And Paul in another place says that the wages of that sin is death. But the gift of God freely offered through Jesus Christ is eternal life. And so we rest in that hope.
And so I hope that through thinking about what is our problem and that through thinking about what is the answer to our problem, you'll really begin exploring some of this more and being really critically honest with yourself about what do you believe and why do you believe it. And so to be intensely practical, talking about what do we what do we do with the day-to-day situations that we're going through? I want to encourage you, whenever you come about a situation that just fills you up with some sort of frustration or angst, to really think through, okay, how is sin playing itself out here? Is there something in my heart that I need to address? Is there maybe something somebody else is doing that is causing me to experience a, a, a just a circumstance because of something that's sinful in their lives you know so is there sin at play here and what does jesus want me to do and to just be on the lookout for understanding that unfortunately the world that we lived in is degraded because of sin and so many bad things happen because of sin but we have hope in jesus for deliverance of anything that we could imagine anything that we could even dream of coming across whether it be wonderful life, whether it be death or hardship, or whether it be any other thing that we could possibly experience. Um, Our problem is sin in this world, and our answer is in Jesus. And so I encourage you to go out and to use this to your advantage in engaging with people, in talking through this 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 idea and this concept and bring God glory in engaging your mind with understanding your worldview about what is our problem and what is the answer to that problem. And that answer is Jesus Christ. Hey, again, this is Pastor Isaac. Thank you so much for joining in to our youth ministry podcast for the third episode of our worldview mini series. And come back for the fourth episode as we continue on exploring these questions that worldview addresses.